Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Declassified UFO Files, the Blue Book Sessions. This is episode three, the Lubbock Lights. I am sorry if this sounds like it's been a while since I've done this podcast, but it kind of has. I've needed to take a bit of a break. There's been some, um, let's just say, issues going on around the world that have caused me to kind of focus on other things than the podcast itself and I haven't been able to be able to function as my normal self for this podcast it feels like but enough about that this is episode three the Lubbock Lights now what it says on the description about this episode when the citizens of Lubbock Texas Witness a very a mysterious V-shaped craft in the night sky. Dr. Hynek and Captain Quinn are brought in to investigate the mass sighting. It's based on the Lubbock's Light case that Project Blue Book had developed has um done whatever it was like years ago. So basically, we know that basically there's two. There's multiple sightings of what these lights are. Basically, at the airport in Lubbock, Texas, the municipal airport, one of the air traffic controller workers is talking to their partner, talking about maybe doing like day, like planning something for a Friday night. They say, "Hey, let's go do dinner and a movie," and. Um, one of them mentions that the movie The Thing is out. They don't really like horror movies. And then out of nowhere, the whole area, they, they start to see something strange on the radar first. And they talk to the partner and say, I'll be right back. I'll call you back. And um, basically what happens, they see these, this weird V-shaped light. Of like multiple figures in the sky that causes an entire blackout of all the city, including the University of Texas Tech. Like everything in the city, it probably even further are just completely just decimated with no lights whatsoever. And um from what I saw, really, it was scary as hell, man. Like just watching this episode. It was just, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out, okay, where else would this be? Pretty much so far, what I noticed is that once Heineck and Quinn are brought in, they're basically being asked more or less to um they're more or less asked to investigate but they go to the the like while this is happening it looks like Joel Dr. Heineck's son is dealing with some nightmares due to a magazine someone gave him at school from this journalist I don't remember the name it was something keyhole or Kehoe or something like that. He's 
he was a former Marine, apparently, and he has been now studying all these government conspiracies, and he's a total nut. And he's on a radio show while Dr. Heineck is listening. I guess after the show, someone from Lubbock, Texas talks to him and says, hey, I saw these things. And all the while after this happens, Dr. Heineck and Captain Quinn have to go investigate. While they're there and trying to investigate everything, trying to see what happened, they see the guy that was the air traffic controller at the time at the hospital because he was in a apparent car wreck. But what really happened must have been something else because he won't wake back up. He like his partner is talking to them and saying they saw it too. They saw bright lights. They don't know what it was exactly. And they're very concerned as well, and they want to find out what may have been the cause. I myself would have been the same in that action. But uh, when the guy that's comatose grabs a hold of uh, Dr. Hynek and doesn't let go, her, his partner tries to let it, like, try to get him to stop grabbing him and shocks her. Not like a giant, like, shocks her to death, like, just like just kind of gives her a quick zap of electricity because he was affected somehow by the the whole ordeal and how has a bit of a I guess you could say psychokinetic power maybe I don't know all I know is he has like an electric power in it and um, yeah it's very different Meanwhile, Mimi, Dr. Heineck's wife, is getting a little bit more paranoid, even because of Joel's nightmares and all these things that she's hearing about, like the Russians and them having an atom bomb, possibly, and all this, like World War Three about to happen, it feels like. She decides to go to the hardware store and purchase a bomb shelter after she saw her next-door neighbor have one herself, and she's like, you know what, maybe I should buy one, too. She goes over to the hardware store and sees some guy that seems to be following her throughout the store, and it kind of freaks her out. She just buys one and just heads home. Meanwhile, back in Texas, at the university, Dr. Heineck and Captain Quinn are talking to some students, trying to find out where they need to go. Captain Quinn gets a little distracted by some of the university students, the grad students, he wants to join them at their little uh, get-together that they're having, which, you know what? Why not, right? I mean, someone that never really went to university, signed up to go to the Air Force, like, signed up for the Air Force right away out of high school, wants to go to college but never gets to, and is a bit of a... He's a high-up rank, wants to do something instead of being here. He wants to kind of have that college experience that's fine i can i can relate a little bit i never went to college myself but i know my way around a podcast <laughs> i mean like while this is happening they go over to a classroom and talk to the witnesses that were at the university that saw it all dr Heineck is starting to just like uh write like write it up on chalk like the whole schematic of the area and try and uh figure out what it could have been 
when another professor comes in out of nowhere saying, I solved the case, Dr. Hynek and Captain Quinn go to where they so-called think that the professor at the school said he solved the case. He said it was some birds that found a way to reflect the image of light off their uh, stomachs. So he's... Heineck thinks he's a liar, so he goes out there to investigate himself with Quinn, who's a little bummed that he's not with those schoolgirls having fun. He goes ahead and, um, they both decide to look around, take photos, while some of the residents on the street are starting to think that they're communists or something, because Dr. Heineck doesn't have his identification with him, and... They're telling the truth like they are for the, from the Air Force. They're just doing a job. Leave us alone, please. Let us do our job and we'll leave you alone. And out of nowhere, the lights just go off again. And Quinn and Hynek decide to go out to where they saw the air traffic controller's truck because apparently he crashed, but he didn't. It was all like just crumpled up like a beer can almost. From very very strong electrical currents while they're out there they see the lights again Quinn who's in the car is just like dealing with almost what happened in the first episode where they more or less deal with the type of uh, they deal with this sort of I don't know what to say but he's kind of dealing with the same thing that happened to him back then where it's just like holy crap i need to get out of here sort of stuff because what's going on because the car is like Heineck can't move his hand no not Heineck. quinn can't move his hands from the steering wheel and Heineck's outside he saw the lights again and basically I, like quinn is just kind of like dealing with i guess the same effects as the driver from the air traffic controller tower like, air traffic control tower did and when they pass by, he gets out, he feels a little unwell, they go back to the airport, and try and get a a, gra- a bit of a line sorted out on where the sightings were from, like, the university, a farm, and the airport itself, and kind of, like, line where they're coming from, and it gives off, like, a three circuit, like, a three circles, almost like a triangle sort of thing going on, but... They don't get to really find out much more because apparently General Harding has intimidated the journalist and the center of def- like defense secretary is not okay with that. He says, don't do that again. Apologize. Cover it up somehow. Just don't be doing that again or else I will make damn certain that Truman knows what you're up to. And since President Truman, I think President, he was president at the time during Project Blue Book's inception. I will have to take a look right now. But I will take a look right now. Because right now they're still in the 50s. Okay, he was president at the time. Okay. Because I thought it would have been, um... White Eisenhower for some reason. I don't know why, but it's alright. 
because, okay, I guess Truman was still, okay, he, okay, that makes sense now, but whatever, I just, I don't know why I thought otherwise, but that's okay, I thought Eisenhower because the 1950s and whatnot, but I guess not, that's okay, not a big deal to me, I do know for a fact that it's good that I know now, Instead of me being really stupid and not knowing at all, period, but whatever. Anyways, Quinn and Heine go back to the Blue Book offices and talk to Harding and the other general, and they discuss what's going on, and they just say, like, Harding more or less says that this is not what you think it is, it's just... Sorry. They think it's some, um, they say it's some experimental aircraft that the U.S. military is using. Harding, like, well, Heine doesn't believe it, but he has to go with it anyways. And they just go about their day afterwards. Quinn gets, like, Quinn sends Heine home. He's back at home relaxing. What else? What? And they find out the shelter. He finds out the shelter's been made, and he's been saying that she's been followed by people. We don't know who, and she's a little scared of it all. That's why she got the bomb shelter, and she changed the locks on the doors, and all this good stuff. And meanwhile, Hein, like um, Quinn, is at his office, having a drink, listening to the radio, and he finds out that maybe. Something could be happening in Korea, and he's a little bit more concerned about that too. And all this good stuff. Like, he's just. He's concerned about everything, and I can understand that. Like, no one else should be. But. It kind of ends that way, as well as with Harding and the other general talking about how Heine could be a bit of a problem. And. That's where the episode kind of ends. Now, I'm just three episodes in so far on this on this series. I don't want to assume that this is going to be the best show ever. But if I'm going to give it something on the site, on the scale of 1 to 10, 10 being like, this is groundbreaking, you should check it out. Like, after, the, like, just check it out right away if you can. And 1 being, just pass on it. I'm going to give this one on the scale that I've given the shows before, like, on the Bebop scale slash the Blue Book scale, I'm going to give this a solid 7 out of 10. Now, my final thoughts on the show for this episode, it was great. I liked it a lot. I found the idea of the lights being apparently something that they weren't a little bit come on now that's a little too hokey for me but i'll go with it anyways just because i can the next episode i believe is called operation paperclip and that will be a different experience altogether and i will be reviewing that momentarily not momentarily for you but like this will be out next week when you hear this podcast, you'll be hearing, you'll, you'll know this has already been recorded previously, and yeah, I will catch you all in the next time, my fellow believers.
Until then, take care. This is Scott Benson, signing out. End transmission.